0: David Hellman, Ambar Garcia,
2: and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 16th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 22. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. we got so much to talk about today. Cowboys got big news. It ain't great. We're going to talk about <laughs> what it means to the team. Uh, we're also going to get into, in the second segment, the Cowboys offense versus the Charger defense. We'll have Bucky Brooks joining us as usual. Uh, on a Thursday, Um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about that matchup and some interesting things that were said earlier in the week that might affect uh, the matchup from the defense and special teams part uh, of this team. Let's start first with the news. DeMarcus Lawrence, we find out yesterday afternoon that he uh, has broken his foot, and uh, I guess at this point, the first question is, what are we expecting as far as timeline on on when you can maybe expect him to be back? Two months. Mm. Yep. Six to eight weeks, but I mean, there's no wiggle. Like, is this one of those things where was it a six to eight week? Because uh, sometimes before it, the coach says it, like, there's just these speculations. You know, you have the people out there that are sports doctors on Twitter that say, yeah. hey, this is typically six to eight, or is this like, hey, well, we pretty much know this
3: is six to eight? The thing about broken bones from, and I'm certainly not a doctor, and I stayed at home last night, so I, I don't know anything. <laughs> All I'm saying is this, like, Broken bones are good and bad for the same reason. I mean, it's like, it's a broken bone. It's it's not going to probably be a lot less than that. It's not going to be for, oh, he actually healed. I mean, some bones do heal differently, but for the most part, it's a broken bone. Now, it's also a broken bone, and it's, and it's like, it'll heal. And when it heals, you should be ready to go. So it's kind of, I think these are the timetables that are typically spot on. You know, six to eight week wiggle room, but nothing that should linger too too much. It's also it's a bone in the probably
4: the worst place, just because of how much you need your foot. I mean, obviously you put weight on it, but playing defensive end is so much about bend and kind of torquing, and you flex your foot and put your foot in weird positions. Uh, The reason I said two months is just everything we've heard is that this is very similar to the injury he suffered when he was a rookie way back when, and that happened in August, and he didn't play until November 2nd, which... It's a little different, I will acknowledge, because you gotta remember the rules were vastly different back then. Like if you go on IR to return, that's eight it weeks. was eight weeks. It was eight weeks minimum. So So part of that was that he was already on that long. So if it's a three week IR, maybe he can come back a little sooner than that. But this is this is a six to eight week injury. And when you think about your foot, like this isn't your hand where you can wrap that in some gauze and go play and fight through the pain, like you need You need your foot to play anything in football, but defensive end for sure. So I lean toward the longer end of the timeline just because it's not something that you want to rush back and re-injure when you get out there and start. I mean, you think about leveraging against guys and putting weight on your foot and how much that plays into it. So. I mean, even when he
2: returns after six to eight weeks, my assumption is it's going to take a little while for him to get yeah. built back up mm-hmm. again to, to be able to play coming yeah. off a foot injury like that, right? Yeah. It's
4: it's a brutal loss. There's no way around it. Our pets' heads are falling
2: off. So what what's, <laughs> what, what is the thing that this team misses the most without DeMarcus Lawrence? Uh,
4: they don't have a proven pass rusher slash disruptive defensive end. They definitely don't have one right now because Randy Gregory's on the COVID list. But And we all love Randy, and it's a great story, but even he he does not have the resume of Demarcus Lawrence. He's got 10 career sacks. Um, he's not as dy- dynamic is a weird word, but he's not as awesome in the run game. He's good. Like, Randy Gregory's a good player. Demarcus Lawrence is a great player. They do not have another... Yeah, they don't have another. That's harsh to say. Good player like Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence is the best that they've got. They already didn't have Neville Gallimore. They lost him in August. Like they got a bunch of journeymen and unproven young players all over their defensive line. And they just it's 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 a tough blow
2: to. When you think about it, the four guys that I think most of us would have penciled in as their starters, going before we got to training camp. All four of them will miss this game. You would think about Lawrence, Gregory at the ends. You would think probably Tristan Hill was a guy that we were mm. thinking was probably going to be <laughs> I a didn't starter. not even think about Tristan right? Hill. And Gallimore yeah. you thought was going to be a starter. So all four of the guys you thought would be the starter back in the mm-hmm. offseason, yeah. all four of them will be out this game.
4: And you think, like training camp, it was easy to say, like, oh, like, they've got a lot of depth on the defensive line. And that was true in the sense of bodies, but their depth in the sense of guys that you felt excited about was Randy, DeMarcus, Neville Gallimore. And they're not going to have any of the three of them probably for this game, and wow. obviously it's going to be a, a, a bit of a weight on Gallimore and DeMarcus. Nick, yeah. do you think
2: that – oh, go ahead, sorry.
3: I was just I, – I mean, I, I'm reluctant to just completely rule out Gregory. It's but, fair. I'd, but after what we heard from Zach Martin, and I know they have different symptoms and all that, yeah. but like – Zach Martin basically said yesterday that he was never going to play. I mean, it was never even close that he was going to play. <laughs> he kind of he like dismissed it as kind of crazy talk. Yeah, really. yeah. Like, but know, yeah, that's he did, he did that on a couple of things. Um, <laughs> he did no, he. There's been some talk a little bit about oh he doesn't want to play right tackle. He yeah. only will play right guard. He said he'll do whatever it is that the team wants,
2: which is what I kind of thought was the situation. Right,
3: go ahead. But. Uh-huh. He also made it clear he's a right guard, and that's right. where he wants to be. And why not? There's nothing wrong with that. If I'm if I'm an elite at at one thing, if I did one thing at the the best of anyone's ever done it,
2: I don't want to do something else. Right. You and know? I think that's kind of how the team is approaching it. It's going to require the wheels falling off with Terrence Steele or Ty secchi at right tackle before they make that kind of move. Which and he said that as well.
4: He's like, last year was a completely different circumstance. Yeah. We were down. Six tackles instead of one. Yeah, and you know what? I get it. I get it. And we'll, let's you know, there's we It sounds like we're gonna be without Lyle for a while. Like you know, that's a murky situation all on its own. But you can adjust as this goes along. But try it out. You got. You can try them both. You can give them help. And we we've done this before. I know it was brutal last year, but like we've had games where we didn't have these guys since the Chaz Green game. And it's been okay, so it's you know that you know, I'm I'm coming to terms, I'm coming, I'm making peace with that situation as we go
3: through the week. You know what I was thinking of uh, as I was driving in today, and, and Dave helped me with math here. Yeah. No, no, asking oh, no, no. the wrong guy. No, no, no. I think you can do this one for me. Okay, so here we are, second game of the season, and and you've got Gallup going to miss, let's say, four games, mm-hmm. three to five. Let's just say he he misses four games. We've got Tank now going to miss. Six games. So, okay. So we're at, what, 10? 10. And then now you've got – who Who else is that? Uh, Lyle. Zach. Zach uh, Lyle, that's five games. Zach missed a game. Gregory, probably going to miss a game. So we're at 17, 18? 18, 16. 16. Okay. Yeah, here we go. 16 games here in the first, you know, early part of the season. Have we seen any of the injuries? I mean, we haven't seen one thing that happened that led to all this. Now, when Dak went down, everyone – Unfortunately, saw that it was nasty and terrible. You saw it, and you're like, "This is terrible." Mm. I don't know if anyone saw. Greg. I mean, I didn't see Gallup go off. I mean, just all of a sudden, he's hurt. No one saw other than the people on the field. No one saw Tank. You know, no one saw these things. You don't see, of course, you don't see failed tests or anything like that. Next thing you know, you just look it up. It's like, oh, he he's gone. You know, I'm not saying it makes it better or worse, but it's just kind of weird when you're like, eh. It's just not happening. You know, you didn't see it, but trust me, he's got a broken foot or he failed his test or he, he's got COVID. You know, whatever it is, it's like, dang, I mean, at least you'd like to kind of see it for yourself and say, oh, that's why he's out. Tristan Hill last year, yeah, that's why he's out. But no, it's just kind of behind closed doors. Like these things are happening that are derailing this team early. So you look at what's
2: happening right now with, with the loss of Gregory. You got guys like Terrell Basham and uh, Armstrong, Darnce Armstrong, uh, that will probably be the guys that will have to pick up the slack. Do you think either one of those guys is capable of getting into that five to eight sacks on the year, Type role. Do you think they could provide that? Or do you think this is just a situation where if Gregory isn't getting the sacks, everybody else is going to be down that two to three range, and you're basically going to have to manufacture sacks by blitzing yeah. and doing that kind of thing? Five to eight is not, I
3: mean, that's okay. But I mean, I think about, I, I can think of two players that had. In that range in the last ten years, like Mincy and yeah. Selvy, and
2: that but that's just playing the role, right? And, and, and that's that's with the expectation, by the way, that Gregory on the other side is going to be your guy. Like that's the guy that's going to get the bulk sure. of your sacks. Can this guy play the complementary role and get in that five to eight sack range? I mean, this
4: is was it this show where we were saying, you know, there's even the worst offense in the league has got to have a go-to receiver. You know, the stats have mm-hmm. to come from somewhere. You're gonna probably have 25 to 35 whatever the number of sacks is so just from a statistical standpoint i guess so but no i no i don't really well i don't see either one of those guys becoming like a complimentary player that you feel good about i mm-hmm. guess and i mean I, if i'm the cowboys i need to go do something and i'm not i'm not saying they need to move heaven and earth like an amari cooper type of situation but like they need an edge
2: rusher who's not on this team right now. Can I paint a picture for you guys? Mm-hmm. You look at a guy like Dorrance Armstrong. I'm not in any way suggesting he's at the level of either of the guys that are starting. But the one thing you can say about Dorrance Armstrong is from the time he's gotten here, it seems like every year he gets a little bit better and a little bit better. And this last year during camp, I think he was as good as we've ever seen him. Even last week, he makes a play that that could have turned out like not quite there, but you're like, you saw a flash, right? Is he a guy that maybe is at that point where he may turn into a complimentary type uh, pass rusher? He's good against the run, so is this maybe the guy that might end up being the guy that maybe has an opportunity here to step up and maybe fill that role? Show me. Yeah, that's all fair. Yeah, absolutely fair. Yeah, but I'm saying like before you go, from, before you to take the 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 step of going out and getting someone else, would you like to at least see what maybe he can do in that type of situation? No, because you need you probably need four anyway, and they don't they
3: won't have that until Tank comes yeah, back. Yeah, I think no. I think Dorrance is is the reason why you don't think you need to get two guys. You know, I think I think you need to get someone. You mm-hmm. need to get some experienced help if you can, and we all know if there's a pass rusher that's not. Not playing a lot or out on the street. I mean, there's other reasons why people. I, I mean, people I get them. that the yeah. mark. Yeah. The,
4: the market's not amazing.
3: I don't know that you're going to find
4: a lot better talent just sitting on the street. I, I
3: think I heard a few names, and one of them was drafted here, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that no, that ain't an
4: I can't see that happening. You stick with what you got.
2: I mean, I'd I'd move Urban out before I do
4: that. I don't know his situation. We're talking about Taco Charlton. Yeah, tomorrow. yeah. I don't know his situation, but Olivier Vernon is available. It makes me wonder if he's dealing with an injury. Right. Need to look into that. But
3: yeah, he played well for the Browns last year. Tell me, what's the issue with um? What's the guy? Is it was he with the Falcons? First round pick? No, I'm missing it. Oh, he's, Vic Beasley. Yeah. Oh. What's his deal? After? I'm, I mean, I Didn't think he just like fall off he, a cliff. Basically,
4: he he might uh-huh. he might be washed. Yeah, just in terms of he what. just wasn't playing
3: well anymore. Well, and and he, he was with Atlanta, right? Yeah. Well, so, no, he he, he was with Atlanta. Else, yeah. They cut him. Yeah. like Atlanta yeah. was like, "Thank you for your services." Right. So that that's one of those things again where people try to connect the dots and say, right. "Oh, this guy well, knows." We were just
4: talking about the other day, yeah, right. he like, might know him. And be like Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, we're good here. Um. Olivier Vernon Torres Achilles in the playoffs, that's right. So I don't know so, where you know, he no. I don't know where he is in his recovery from
2: that. No. It's nine months. At age, Achilles, no. I'm I'm good. Like I don't, no. I don't know if I think that's better than what you got. It's, it's you're be- gonna have, you need Bradley and I
3: uh, to to step up or can't believe I'm saying this, but Kamara Okay. Okay. I mean, well, some, somebody kind of, has. Yeah. To, okay. I mean, would they you consider
2: mean, you, making Urban a, a defensive end? You know I mean, what
3: I would do? Honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rushing Jalen Smith off the edge. I, I certainly would. Not every play, not every snap, but I'm. I'd rather rush Parsons off the edge. Well, but you can't just.
2: No. What, I, what, I'm saying, is, what I'm saying is, I would use him in that role and maybe have Jalen playing a little more linebacker when they're in the middle. like I, That's the way I would look at it, because I think Parsons is a better – I know, but I think Parsons is a better pass rusher than Jalen is.
4: I, I think blitzing is going to need to be a larger part of this game. I,
2: I agree with that. That's what I, I was going to – I'm sending safeties. Yeah, I'm sending yeah. corners. I'm, I'm sending all kinds the, of stuff the thing, at this point.
3: The thing about Jalen is that, I mean, he, he's a physical presence. I mean, I mean, he's got the stature. He's taller. He's taller. He's bigger. I'm not saying he's, he's going to be great at it, but he's, when he's going north, he's, he's not terrible. So when he,
4: I, I agree with you. and that's If you want to blitz him through the A-gap, go for it. But I'm imagining, like, what's Jalen's issue? He's not explosive. What do you need to be to get around the corner on an yeah. NFL offensive tackle?
2: Explosive. And I the, just don't know how that's going to go for him. And the other thing to notice about Jalen is when he actually is blitzing – He's not the guy that has moves. If you get on him, yeah. he's not getting off. If you're going to rush him from the outside, he better have some moves, and I don't expect that he does. So I don't know that I would use him. Well, that I got to play him somewhere. So no, I mean, maybe you don't. Yeah, he only had 16 snaps last week, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you don't necessarily have to. You know, you said it before. If Jay I mean, uh, Leighton is the guy that maybe needs to get more snaps, right. so if you're going to do that, I would say maybe use Layton a little bit more in the middle, and if you want to take a couple snaps where you put. Parsons on the edge and let him rush from the edge, I think maybe that's something worth I considering.
3: I think Jordan Lewis is gonna be rushing from the edge. I and agree. I, with and
2: i I mean from the slot,
3: from the you know, we've seen that. He's he's pretty good at it, yeah. you know, like corner blitzes and all that. So it's like we said yesterday, it's a little bit of everything and, and I trust this is where this is where you, you get Dan Quinn to do his do his job. I mean, like it's not easy, but he's yeah. gonna have to figure it out and, and, and he'll he'll come up with an, an exotic plan. That's that's what you hope. I would
4: take my fifth round pick and go find somebody else's Terrell Basham, and that's—I mean—that's not sexy. I get it; he's not going to completely revitalize this thing. But I just think yeah. if you can find somebody with a track record, because Basham is really. I mean, Dorrance Armstrong's a good player, but he's got two and a half career sacks. Basham is the, he's got seven and a half of the ten sacks that are left on the roster right now. But, but
3: wouldn't
2: me, you be I'll, a little go
3: ahead. I'll take it a step further. I would I mean, and it may be the same, but I would take some i try to get somebody's Dorrance Armstrong. And I mean that because We're saying the same we thing. We are, but but and I don't know about Basham's contract, but a lot of times when you're trading, you're trained for contract and you're like, okay, well, some team would be like because if someone called Maybe not this week, but if they would have called before and, and offered a fourth or fifth-round pick for for Dorrance Armstrong, you'd do it. He's going to be a free agent next year, and you're like, well, I mean, it's probably the comp pick we would get in two years, so you'd probably do it because his contract's up. But, you know, that team needs him now. So there's probably another guy like that. And, and Basham, Armstrong, same type of thing. But there's a team probably out there that's like, this guy's been okay. He's probably good. We're not going to probably resign him next year, so we'll take something for him.
2: Yeah, I, the only thing I wonder about there is just the the quality of the guy that you're going to get in that kind of scenario. I, I don't know if it's better than than what you got to just kind of. I mean, this is a one week problem to some degree because if you get if you get Gregory back. Then you still have those other three, and now you got your four man rotation if you're including Anai in that. So I, you, I think though, with the world we're in, you have to always expect which guy's going to
3: get COVID this week and be out. True. I mean, so I, you have to go a little bit deeper, and I, I just think Anai and Kamara. I mean, they're they're not. I don't think that they're there yet. I'm with Dave. Of, I think of Anai has played 18 snaps of defense to this
4: point in his career, and Kamara has played none. So.
3: I, well, I'm not okay. I won't throw names out. I don't want to get us in trouble. But if there was certain, if there was a player that the Cowboys have had like three times here, and he's on another team's practice squad, but he's been here all of camp, and he was here all of camp last year, <laughs> could, would you go get him? Uh, I wouldn't pay too much for that. but yeah. You don't have to pay a lot. He's on the practice squad. Oh, just poach him? Yeah, that's fine yeah. with me. He's been, yeah. on, he's been in the last two training
2: camps I mean, for mean, yeah, Cowboys. If, you're going to somebody if there was a guy out there If you're going like to that. somebody else's practice squad, because then you don't have to worry about so giving up picks or anything else. Like You can just go get a guy off someone's practice squad. So, yeah, I think that actually makes a lot more sense. That's better than going to free agency and trying to find somebody that's not on a team at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Well. So. So, yeah, I mean, and that's more for depth purposes, in my opinion. That's more for, I just need more bodies right now. But I just, I feel like right now, if they're going to be able to survive this, it's really going to be about those top. Those relatively relative top guys, uh, Basham, uh, Armstrong, and their ability to step up. Yeah. Because whatever you're going to get from somebody else's practice squad is not going to be better than those guys. Yeah. You really need to figure out how if those guys can step up and give you some pass rush. Yeah, we're I would do that. There's no way to spend this as a. It, you just got to make do with. Yeah, a it. it's a tough. It's crap a tough sandwich. sandwich. Yep. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got Bucky Brooks, from NFL Network coming up. Uh, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com
0: Com Radio. It's not complicated. At
4: AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit ATT.com for details.
2: Back to the break.
3: Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands, Essler Lenses is what you'll need for every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essler Experts and find the perfect lens for
2: you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. we got joining us right now Bucky Brooks from NFL Network. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk about the Dallas offense versus the Chargers defense. But before we get to that, Buck, I need you to give us a little insight on what you think the Cowboys can and will do now that they are going to be without DeMarcus Lawrence for presumably six to eight weeks.
1: Yeah, I think Dan Quinn and the Cowboys kind of anticipated maybe losing some people along the front line, which is why they kept all the linebackers when many of us speculated that one of those guys may be out, Jalen Smith or Lane Van Esch and the like. And so because of the, I would say, the flexibility and the versatility that they have in the court, I think you'll see those four guys on the field, Keanu Neal, Michael Parsons, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, because what it does is it actually makes it more difficult for the offense to figure out which one of those guys could come, because all of them have unique skill sets. And so if you're Dan Quinn, you dig a little deeper into the blitz bag, you bring some creative things, and you try to heat them up using pressure as opposed to using your standard traditional four-man rush. He's typically not a big blitz guy, but I think he certainly has it in the playbook. They may have to lean on that and really trust on the guys on the outside to be able to hold up and cover. All
2: right. That's a, that's good feedback, actually, and we did get, get a chance to see some of that during training camp because Marcus Lawrence was out during training camp, and we saw a lot of situations where those linebackers were on the field. A lot of them were on the field together. Let's now flip and talk about the Cowboys' offense versus the Chargers' defense. Tell me, what, what, when you look at this Chargers team, uh, particularly their defense, what are they better at? Are they better at protecting against the run or better in, in pass defense? Well,
1: Brandon said it's a really good uh Defensive mind, and even though he's not the coordinator, it's going to be his defense. And so, you're going to see a lot of creative things that are built around the players. The two players that you have to keep an eye on one will be Joey Bosa, the second will be Derwin James. And he is trying to remake this defense in the same image that he made the Rams' defense, where you have the one guy who is able to do all the things at the front line, and then you have a star player that is a versatile player that can do a bunch of things in the back end. And so, Because of that, what they're going to do is first first thing he's going to stop, we've got to take away the run because they're going to want the Cowboys to throw the ball all over the yard like they did versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because in their mind, more negative things are going to happen when the Cowboys have to throw. Because if they let the Cowboys run, then the Cowboys can control the tempo, shrink the game, and keep the Chargers' offense on the sideline. So goal number one has to be to take Zeke Elliott away and put the game on Dak's shoulders and make Kellen Moore and those guys call 50-plus passes like they did on Thursday night.
3: Obviously, Joey Bosa is an outstanding uh, pass rusher, and, and, and it looks like he's a little bit more of a speed rusher than he is power. I'm not saying he's not strong, but it seems like he's more of a, of a speed guy. Would you put steel on him or Nseki if you were making the, the, the call?
1: I don't think it really matters because the favor goes to the Chargers in that matchup. But you, have to, you have to play with somebody. Do, yeah, you have to. It, it's like if you, put, if you put Steele out there because Steele is played and those things, like you better be able to pay attention to Bosa and, and make sure that you have a plan to either chip him, slide to him, uh, roll away from him because he's going to be a problem. And even if you try and hide a weak link on the line of scrimmage, they're going to move Bosa around. To give him the favorable matchup, so this has to be a plan where Kellen Moore says, "Okay, if we're getting, if we're having problems, if they're heating us up. We got to move, the, we have to move the pocket around, we have to do some creative things to be able to get the ball out of our hands."
4: So, going back to your point, Bucky, about them committing to the run, I'm curious, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but Brandon Staley seems to have a preference for playing too high. And and limiting what you can do in the passing game, which makes me wonder, do they have the personnel to stop Zeke without really committing to it? And between Kenneth Murray, I think Linval Joseph is a really underrated player. Um, I mean, how how well can they do that without really committing to putting a bunch of guys in the box?
1: So they're funny because they're one of the teams that uh, when he's in the world, they were the Rams, they played great defense with sub package on the field, little guys finding a way to plug up the holes. What he would do is he'll show that two-high look. Well, they're moving up front line stunts and games to put those guys in their gaps once it's post-snap. And so Linville Joseph was a huge pickup because what he can do, he can eat up lockers and allow those little linebackers to run and play in space. But it will be a game early. Well, they will see if they can defend it with a light box, but they're going to make sure that they take 21 out the game. they got to take Allen out the game.
2: You were talking about them committing to the run, and we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, against Washington, they allowed 126 rushing yards, uh, 4.7 yards per attempt, which is pretty good. Um, what, did, what did Washington to do that allowed them to be successful? Because I think I would assume, especially as that game wore on and they didn't have their starting quarterback anymore, I would assume they their game plan probably was, we need to stop the run first and foremost, and put the game on Heineke, Heineke's shoulders. What did they do, and can Dallas replicate that?
1: Well, I mean, I think the difference is like when you look at Washington's personnel, uh, Gibson is a good player. I don't think he's a great player. So sometimes what defenses will do is they will say, hey, man, he can have as many as he can because he can't impact the game in a negative way. Their scariest personnel is Terry McLaurin and maybe Logan Thomas. So let's take those guys away. What they did versus Washington they will not do versus Dallas because the respect factor that they have for their running game is going to be greater than what it was for the Washington football team's running game. And so that game plan that we saw is probably not going to be what Staley features. He's going to make sure that they kind of get around the box. They mix in some double coverage tactics to maybe take away Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb randomly and then try and play that guessing game with Kellen Moore to see what Kellen Moore wants to do. And Kellen Moore's comments, he talked about, and I saw Dave like this and got it pointed out on Twitter. He said, hey, all yards are the same, and it's not. Because if the Cowboys are passing a lot, they can't necessarily control the game with incompletion. If they give it to them, yes, they've got to be efficient, but they still got to run the ball because this needs to be a game where time of possession is in the 31-32 range for the Cowboys.
3: Well, who do you think's the biggest guy that, that that's going to replace Gallup? And and I'm not just saying in his spot, which will probably be Cedric Wilson, but who's that next? Is it the tight end? Do they lean on him? Do they lean on Pollard more? I mean, wh- who do you think is the next player kind of in that progression?
1: Uh, look, I think they try and flirt with the, the tight end a little bit, but I think Tony Pollard would certainly uh, move up in the pecking order a little bit. But it might be an opportunity to – all right, well, we don't have Gallup on the field. Well, that means more balls for CD Lamb and maybe more balls for Amari Cooper. So rather than get cute and try to figure out what other guys they could bring in, maybe they say our guys are better than your guys and we're going to feed the pick.
4: Okay. He's been hurt for most of the last two years, it feels like. But, and I, it's one game to go on. But how, what does Derwin James look like with Brandon Staley? Because, I mean, he was able to do so much fun stuff with Jalen Ramsey last year. And I think Derwin James has a comparable amount of talent, obviously different position, but I'm, I'm just curious, what, what do you see from him and how they might try to use him?
1: Uh, one and the same, really, because like the funny thing about Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey going all the way back to Florida State, they've always kind of followed in each other's footsteps. Uh, I think Derwin James is considered Jalen Ramsey's little brother. Because of the intel that Brandon was able to get from Jalen Ramsey, he knows exactly how to use Derwin James. So you will see Derwin James occupy what they call the star position. It's that nickel, corner, hybrid, linebacker, do-it-all, playmaker position. I think you also will eventually see him utilized more as a pass rusher. During his all-pro season, he was coming off the edge and doing a bunch of creative things. State is going to put him in a situation where he plays to his strength, and his strengths are being around the football and creating chaos.
2: All right, so what happens this weekend? Give us your prediction.
1: Well, look, I man. I think this is really like a must-win game for the Cowboys. So I think they got to be at the best. It's going to be tough on the road. I think a lot of it depends on Dak Prescott's ability to come out and see if the Cowboys can play from in front. If the Cowboys are able to jump out to a seven to ten point lead early and play downhill, I expect them to win. But if they have any issues stopping them early and they fall from behind, I just don't think it plays in their favor because and lack of pass rush could be an issue if
2: they can't dictate the terms. All right, we appreciate you joining us, Buck. We're going to take our final break when we come back. Uh, we got a few more uh, things we're going to break down about uh, about the Cowboys matchup, particularly the Cowboys offense versus the Chargers defense. We'll come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. It's football season. That
3: means it's time for some new gear. Just head to the Pro Shop, your official store, Cowboys Nation. Score some classics like your favorite player jerseys, tees, hats, plus exclusive collections and unique accessories. Visit the Pro Shop online at shop.dallascowboys.com.
2: Welcome back to the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Um, I want to take, talk to you guys a little bit about uh, the strategy. We were talking about what the Cowboys do with the loss of DeMarcus Lawrence. I think one of the interesting things that Bucky brought up was we did see this during training camp. Uh, when DeMarcus was out, we saw them using the linebackers quite a bit. It makes me wonder, is this team now, without a DeMarcus Lawrence, are they better suited to be a 3-4 type defense, now they're going to be a nickel a ton. But having three down linemen as opposed to four and standing up those outside guys, let's say Randy's standing up and let's say that Parsons is standing up on the outside, allows you to do some things with Brent Urban now as a defensive end uh, in a 3-4 with a three-man front. So do you think that that may be what we tend to see a little bit more now without Gregory?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, one option and you know, is maybe – I got to look at who they who's on their practice squad, but they could you know maybe elevate a defensive tackle from the practice mm-hmm. squad and move a guy over. Hamilton is he is he on? I mean yeah. he is yeah, right. He is. Okay, that's who I was thinking, but then I thought well maybe he wasn't on. I mean it's hard to keep up with who's on yeah. this practice squad uh, these days, but yeah I mean that might be an option there because he's got some experience, he's got some beef, and you can. Maybe slide a guy to the outside. I just worry
4: and I was I've been saying since the night they drafted him that Micah needs to have a pass rushing role to maximize the value of the pick, but I don't want him doing that exclusively. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's up the field every play, either getting to the quarterback or not being part of the play, I think you're losing some of what he brings in the sense of sideline to sideline playmaking ability. We've seen that he's got a nose for the football. He's not making interceptions or forcing fumbles or Getting tackles if he's doing that as often, at least.
2: But uh, what we did see during camp is when they did have a lot more of those linebackers on the field, they were still moving him around, like some places no, and in that's, some places on the outside. I'm, so
4: that's, yeah. that, I'm just saying, I just wouldn't want to just throw him over there and have him yeah. do that exclusively. I think yeah, that's you don't want idea. to turn him into defensive end. No, like, right. yeah. But yeah, yeah. You still want to let yeah, him do different things. Needs, I mean, I said that on the radio this morning. It's unfair to be like, you know, week 2 of your rookie season, we need you doing all of this, but, you yeah, know, the NFL's not fair. So,
2: we did have a couple other uh, injury things we needed to catch up on. Donovan Wilson also missed yesterday with a groin injury. What do we stand with his, with his status?
4: Reaggravated it. That that's a classic case of we'll see how he goes, you know. We'll keep an eye on the Thursday Friday injury report, but reaggravating a groin's not
3: good. No. It doesn't I but, it gives me a feeling like maybe not this week. And um, when you when you think about the safeties that were up last week and the ones that will be down, I mean, I, Darian Thompson was on the practice squad, but they elevated him. Um, they could do it again, but he got hurt. He got so hurt, yeah. he's probably not coming back. I would I would say you know, you could go Mukwamu, but the thing about it is is that you get fifty three on the roster. You can get it to fifty five if you move two practice squad guys up, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean McQuamu could could take that spot because he's already on the team. Malik Cooker will be elevated. I'm, uh, that's what we're hearing, but maybe for Wilson. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it all kind of shakes out. I'm not as worried about it only because I feel like the top four or five safeties are all the same. If you pulled anyone to say who are your ranked the safeties, you'd get all kinds of order so I'm not saying Donovan Wilson's not a good player I mean I hope, I hope he plays but I don't think it's a huge difference in if you had to play more Jaron Curse or you played uh Kazee which he got banged up a little bit yesterday from what we saw but I think he'll he wasn't on the practice wasn't on the report, practice report. So, injury report yeah uh,
4: I just I just wonder again I've talked about it a lot is Demonte Casey and Malik Hooker are very similar right. players Donovan Wilson this is a scud missile like he'll go down there and get in the trash and he's a hard tackler do they have that guy or well they have bodies it's just is it malik hooker is it jaron curse is it i doubt it's israel Mukwamu, but
2: he's there too right that's exactly the question is who plays donovan wilson's role like i don't know if they who's the other person yeah, i mean jaron curse has the body where you think he should be able to get down there and play yeah. a little closer to the line of scrimmage but i don't know if that's his game well i I'll say this. I mean,
3: and no disrespect to the guys that are playing for the Chargers, but Antonio Brown was the third receiver. I guess you want to say that, and the third receiver all, for the Chargers yeah. is a guy that that was the Cowboys cut like three years ago, right? Yep. Jalen Guyton. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he can run. He certainly we know can. know that he yeah, can run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and 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 and, and what a great. Job for him, you know, yeah. to to kind of keep his career going. I, I really thought, I mean, I really thought he was going to make the practice squad. I mean, when you get an eighty-yard touchdown at the last preseason game, mm-hmm. usually lands you a spot on the practice squad. Jesse Holly, as I point, he here. had five hundred yards last year. Guyton,
2: yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. It's a great wow. story.
4: I'm I'm yeah. scared about
3: my mentions if he makes a big play in this game because everybody knows where he started. Yeah, and and. Who who played in front of him? I mean, who did they keep f- for him? I mean, right. I'm trying to think. The, who... the guys that are here right now. Yeah, I mean, God. Noah Brown. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of
2: stuff. Well, All right, we well, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on tomorrow. We're going to wrap up the week Dak. for you guys, let you guys know, huh?
3: Dak. I just wanted Dak. to say a name other than in the show on Noah Brown. Great. I just Great. wanted to say Dak Prescott. <laughs> the diaper as we're gonna say to see
2: here going Fra-
4: Fra- to yeah Friday will be in a better mood Friday <laughs> exactly this was a this was a downer show yeah, and I'm we, sorry we to uplift that. you guys well you, Derek started but, it he was just today, like he's like was we got some news it ain't great well you <laughs> know if Derek had tried to spin it as great news I would
2: have made fun of him yeah so. no I wasn't gonna you <laughs> spin this I mean what's it episode
3: show 22 we didn't even
2: do that you could have thrown that in there I was so I just I've ever since yesterday when I heard this news I've been kind of on a downer but you know it is what it is but we'll be back tomorrow we'll wrap up the week for you guys. Let you guys uh, know what we think is going to happen on Sunday. Till then for Nick Geatman, Dave Hellman. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break. Live on DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!